Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? Welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is August 26th, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go visit BuiltBar.com right now for more details. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and you can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. You can also follow the podcast at LO underscore Boston Bruins. The podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Google, Stitcher, wherever you can get your podcasts. If you would kindly hit that subscribe button, you will find that each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download and listen and enjoy. And if you could also leave a rating and a review, that would be very, very much appreciated. Now, I just want to begin by thanking everyone for listening to yesterday's podcast, my chat with Emily Cave. Uh, That was uh, very well received, and I am, again, beyond grateful that Emily was willing to chat. If you haven't listened to that yet, go and check it out. It's the Tuesday, August 25th episode, number, uh, I'm not even sure what number it is, but uh, do please check that out. It's a, a very special conversation, and I am very proud of it. Today on the podcast, we're going to take a look back at game two of the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs as our Boston Bruins fell to the Tampa Bay Lightning in overtime. Quick turnaround, and the Bruins play tonight as well, uh, Game 3, so we'll also tee that one up, as well as take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. But first, a look back at Game 2. Let's be honest, it was a game that the Bruins really had no business winning. Uh, They did not seem to have it from the get-go. But having said that, they were still in a position to take Game 2, if you can believe it. Now, they did take two leads. One in the first, thanks to a goal by Nick Ritchie, which was as ugly as you would expect. In the second period, Brad Marchand scored on the power play to give the team a 2-1 lead at that point. The Ritchie goal was followed by just a ridiculous goal by Blake Colbin that was set up by Bobby Bogosior, uh, Zach Bogosian. And then Blake Coleman scored again in the third to put the team up 3-2. The Bruins did tie it with less than four minutes to go in the third. It looked like they were potentially going to steal this one, but then Andre Palat ended it early in overtime, just about four minutes and 40 seconds in. Uh, the Bruins were either outshot or even in shots in every period. Outshot in the first, 11-9. Outshot in the second, 12-7. Shots were 8-8 in the third. But then the Lightning just dominated overtime, uh, going nine shots to one over the Bruins in that frame and then getting the extra goal. Now, what was interesting is that the Bruins' tying goal was created by some voracious forechecking, an ability to keep the puck in the zone, some amazing puck movement, and... Uh, Brad Marchand was able to get the game-tying goal. The overtime goal was very similar. The Bruins were just unable to get the puck out of the zone. Halak, at one point, instead of just catching it, he 
let it fall beside the net to keep the play going. And uh, that was Bruce Cassidy's main observation after the game. He said, we had a puck alone behind the net. We rimmed it to nobody. That needs to be better. Then we recovered on the wall, tried to make a play through the middle. That got picked off. We didn't get it out. We just need to manage the puck better in those situations. We didn't. It has cost us at times in the playoffs, but it started with the decision to rim the puck when there wasn't a lot of pressure. It'd be a nice time to put out a fire and make a clean play. Now, one of the big questions after the game is that since the Bruins will play game three here tonight, whether or not uh, they would go back to Yaroslav Halak or whether they would give backup Dan Vleder the start in net uh, with, you know, no NHL playoff experience to speak of and very limited time with the Boston Bruins. Halak afterwards said no one said it was going to be an easy series. We're tied now and basically starting from zero. We have to forget about this one and move on. And we have another game on Wednesday. He also said he felt fine after the game and just needed to get a good night's sleep. So we'll see here on Wednesday what Bruce Cassidy has to say about that. I would be very shocked if um, Halak did not get the start. You don't want to throw out a rookie in this situation. Uh, but I would not be surprised if there are some other lineup changes. That is for sure. I mentioned earlier that Nick Ritchie was one of the players to score. He said it was nice on a personal level to contribute and score a goal. As far as the line with Anders Bjork and Charlie Coyle, he said he thought they looked better. They had some good shifts and some offensive zone time. They're looking forward to getting better in game three. Um, and I'm not entirely convinced they'll get a shot at that, to be honest. I don't know if Bruce Cassidy will have the patience to go back to that line. Uh, Bjork didn't look uh, overly effective. Richie, his lack of speed is is very detrimental. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, for example, Sean Corrali was bumped up to that third line for today's game and Parlinhon comes in the lineup, perhaps even Jack Stanika, but that's um, speculation at this point. On a positive note, Marchand's two-goal night has him climbing up the ladder of some in Boston's all-time postseason rankings. He moved past Bobby Orr, if you can believe it, into sole possession of seventh place on the team's all-time points list with 94, tying Ray Bork for eighth in goals at 36. It also marked his 29th multi-point game in the playoffs, tying Phil Esposito for second most in Bruins history. Pasternak had two assists, giving him 51 career playoff points in 49 career postseason games. Seventh active player to accomplish that feat in less than 50 games. And Patrice Bergeron, he played in his 146th career playoff game, passing Wayne Cashman for third in team history. Looking at the overall numbers, we see that, yeah, the Lightning just pretty much dominated this game. Corsi at 5-on-5 five five was... 73 shot attempts for the Lightning compared to 47 for the Bruins. That's a 60.8 to 39.2% advantage. In all situations, that got even worse. It was 61.4% for the Lightning. 86 total shot attempts in this game compared to 54 for the Bruins. They had more high danger chances, more scoring chances, 34 to 26. 
uh, shots was 40 to 25 and expected goals 3.69 to 1.76. So pretty much a um, decisive win for the Lightning in terms of how the game was dictated. Again, it would have been amazing for the Bruins to steal this one and go up 2-0. They didn't. Uh, it's a close series, as we all expected. I wouldn't have thought there'd be a two-game swing in this series at any point. And hopefully the Bruins can get back on track here in Game 3 on Wednesday. Before we get into that, let me talk to you for a moment about DoorDash. If you're hungry for the game tonight, you can download the DoorDash app and choose from a wide number of restaurants in your area to get whatever you are craving. Especially at this time with COVID, it's important to continue supporting local restaurants and you can do so safely. Restaurants are open for delivery on DoorDash, and they need your patronage now more than ever. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. Ordering is easy, you just download the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Our listeners right now can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. All right, so Bruce Cassidy just had his media availability here on Wednesday in advance of Game 3. He did confirm that Yaroslav Halak will get the start in net. Although if he falters at all early on, you would expect that maybe Dan Vletter will come in just to get some experience and also to, yeah, just change the momentum a bit perhaps. Bruce Cassidy did also say that he has a game time decision to make in terms of the forwards. And if whoever is in question isn't able to go, he's considering rolling with seven defensemen and 11 forwards. So it sounds like there's a forward who potentially injured or banged up. And if that forward cannot play, then he could insert Jeremy Lozon or perhaps John Moore into the lineup and roll with seven forwards. Now that could be tricky in the event that a forward is injured in this game, and then you only have 10 to go with. But he did mention that Connor Clifton has skated at forward before, uh, and he could be pressed into that situation if necessary. Bruce Cassidy did also say that some of the middle lineup guys really need to step up. He, he credited Brad Marchand for being the best forward on the ice in game two and said some of the other Bruins need to step up pull the veteran core along and make a name for themselves guys that they're, you know, counting on being Bruins for years to come and who need to elevate their games to the next level. Reading between the lines, you think of someone like Jake DeBrusque, whose agent is looking for a big deal for him. Uh, You think of a guy like Andre Kasha, who has played well for the Bruins, but who has yet to find the back of the net and who is under control for some time. A guy like Anders Bjork, who the Bruins just re-signed as well. So those middle of the pack guys, you know, we know what you're going to get from David Krejci. You know what you're going to get from Charlie Coyle, uh, whoever 
is playing on that third line, whether it's Bjork, Richie, Corrali, if someone else comes in like Carson Kuhlman or Jack Stanika, those are the kind of guys that will need to step up in order for the Bruins to be successful. We saw for the Lightning in you know, game two, you saw Braden Point step up. Uh, you saw Blake Coleman step up. Uh, their third line has been playing very well. And uh, so in order for the Bruins to be successful tonight and moving forward, they need to get those contributions from those, uh, you know, middle six forwards uh, apart from Krejci and Coyle, who we know will step up. So that's kind of uh, setting the table for game three between the Bruins and the Lightning that is set to take place here on Wednesday evening in Toronto. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, it appears as though Ryan McDonough will be out of the lineup once again. Uh, John Cooper would not say who his starting goalie would be. Andre Vasilevsky, of course, is the starter and a Vesna Trophy winner, a Vesna Trophy finalist. If he were to go to his backup, it would be Curtis McElhaney's first appearance in the bubble uh, of any sort. So that would be kind of a, um, yeah, bit of a wild card for the Lightning to be sure. So I would expect Vasilevsky to be back in net. It helps that it's a later start. It'll be 8 o'clock tonight instead of 7 last night. And so they'll just have that um, extra hour uh, to prepare and, and to rest this afternoon as well. One little bit of good news that just came out. Claude Julien, Montreal Canadiens head coach, he says he will be back coaching next season. Former Bruins head coach, of course, won the Stanley Cup with our Bruins back in 2011. He was forced to leave the bubble while the Canadians were still in their first round playoff series with the Flyers due to a heart condition. And he had to have a surgery uh, to have a stint put in, I believe. Um, so good news is he's feeling better back on his feet and it looks like he'll be back coaching next year. And, and, you know, as much as Boston and Montreal have a rivalry, I'll always have respect for Claude Julien for what he did uh, with the Bruins winning a Stanley cup with them. Before we move on, let's talk for a moment about erectile dysfunction, which let's be honest, not even an easy conversation to have. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves or we avoid it altogether. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, simple, safe, and totally discreet. You can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online questionnaire. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL to get $15 off your first order of ED treatment if approved by a licensed healthcare professional. All right, well, I was hoping to have an interview for you guys to post today, but it doesn't look like it's working out for today. Still hopeful that either tomorrow or Friday uh, this guest will come on and uh, pretty excited to talk to him, someone who's been in the hockey world for quite some time now, and I think you guys will be interested to hear his take on, on the current game and the Bruins. Uh, so, again, another tease. Hopefully that comes in 
before uh, Friday. So let's just recap what's happening ahead of Game 3. The Bruins technically hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 3. In Toronto, second game in two nights, Yaroslav Halak will get the start between the pipes. Uh, of Dan Vladder, Bruce Cassidy said, we're not nervous of putting him in there. We're not afraid of putting him in there. But they asked, is it necessary, first of all? And that has to do with uh, how Halak was feeling. And he has recovered well from last night's game. So all is well there. And, you know, B, the situation, he's never played. So it's a big ask to put him in net at this point. That's where the Bruins are at. If they have to, they will. And they'll play well in front of him. And hopefully, hopefully he'll be up to the task. If necessary, of course. I mentioned earlier that they could dress seven defensemen. Cassidy said it's something that they contemplated going into back-to-back situations. Some guys have a heavier workload. Charlie McAvoy, for example, upward to 25 minutes. And they have some smaller guys that it's a physical series. So it saves a little wear and tear to put some fresh legs in there. The disadvantage is that it gets guys that are the rhythm to roll seven defensemen and obviously up front again like I said earlier what if there's an injury to a forward that's when you get down to 10 and there's some risk involved there so that is where they will have to be careful one quick note uh looking ahead to next season Cam Neely last week I believe said he was hopeful that there would be some fan involvement Uh, there was the idea floated out that the NHL could return to action in divisional bubble cities, but it's not something they have necessarily considered at the moment, according to Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. He said he doesn't think the current format for bubbles would work for the regular season, particularly because their objective is to play a full season, and he isn't sure how they could do that in the format they're currently utilizing. He said, quote, it's already a significant amount of time just to complete our playoffs in that type of bubble format. I don't think it's going to look like what we're currently doing, but could it be a variation of what we're currently doing? I wouldn't rule that out any more than I would rule out any number of other alternatives. He said they'd love to be in a position to reopen on December 1st with full arenas, but acknowledged that might not be possible under the current course of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's an understatement at the very least. Options could include pushing back the start date of the season or opening to partial crowds in all or part of the 31 markets. So that's just looking ahead to next season. Right now, they're on track to finish the Stanley Cup final in early October, have the draft, and then they'll go from there and see what the situation is. I heard on the Daily podcast yesterday from the New York Times that if things continue, then there could be around 300,000 deaths in America by Christmas. So that's uh, depressing and doesn't lend itself towards having fans in the stands for sports. That's for sure. Anyways, a bit of a downer to end on, but hopefully the Bruins can rebound tonight with the win in game three. And uh, we know that they have yet to face a series deficit in these playoffs. They did lose game three against, or sorry, game two against Carolina, and then won the next uh, few games in order to uh, take that series. The next, the next three games that was. So hopefully, uh, you know, 
same scenario, but I would be surprised if this series doesn't go at least six or seven games. Now, some late breaking news here in regards to the Arizona Coyotes. They have been sanctioned for violating the NHL's combine testing policy during the 2019-20 season, and they will forfeit their second-round pick in the 2020 draft and the first-round pick in the 2021 draft. Ouch. The sanctions were announced by Gary Bettman, who convened a hearing on August 6th that included testimony for representatives of the Coyotes and the NHL. The sanctions were imposed under Article 6.3, which authorizes the commissioner to impose discipline if he determines that any person has violated the Constitution, the bylaws, or any other governing rule of regulation of the league. As you probably know, every year the league hosts a, a prospect scouting combine in Buffalo to do some fitness tests and ask some questions, interviews. Somehow, the Coyotes, um, you know, violated that and so they'll lose their second round pick in 2020 this year and first round pick next year which you know think about losing taylor hall you've already lost your general manager john chica things not looking great for the coyotes after getting bounced in the playoffs by the colorado avalanche Anyways, that's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to yesterday's episode featuring my chat with Emily Cave. Uh, Very thankful for the response to that one. And um, if you have missed it, you know, skip ahead to the eight or nine minute mark uh, so you can get rid of all the Bruins preview stuff and get right to that conversation. So yeah, go Bruins tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with a recap and uh, to see where the Bruins are heading into Game 4, which will take place on Friday night in Toronto. Thanks again for listening, friends. Take care of yourselves and each other.